Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your hosts, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Hi, Sim. Hello, Sonia. I have to ask you a question before we get into the show. What we're talking about today is very like TikTok related. And I have to ask you, are you back on TikTok or are you still doing your cleanse? I only did my cleanse for the month of December and I've been back on TikTok. I do take more breaks and like I'll delete the app for like a week and then I'll download it again. So I am on it a lot less. I feel like I'm on social media a whole lot less this year anyway. But yeah, I I unfortunately have been roped back in. A lot of people ask us, they'll be like, hey, what's Sonia or what's Sim's like personal Instagram account? Oh, girl. I have to keep being like, you'd be so disappointed if you followed us. You would get nothing. It's like those ghost people that are on your Instagram. Anytime I make a new friend and they're like, oh, what's your personal Instagram? I'm like, there's actually no point. Like there's nothing on there. There's one photo. It is the same photo as my profile picture, as the posted picture. <laughs> I took it. And you took it. You it took, was in LA. Yeah. It's just, there's like 300 followers, like 500 followers and just nothing there. Mm. I post like twice a year, so you're missing out on literally nothing. And when we do post stories, we post them to our close friends. So even our friends that we love and know and cherish, (laughs) they don't see our stuff either. (laughs) It's like the the 20 people in our lives that like know that we're still awake and alive if they didn't know about Girls Invest. Do you know what's made a comeback though? What? Snapchat. Like you're using Snapchat? No, not me. But I feel like a more people have been talking about Snapchat and influencers have been pushing Snapchat a lot more. Oh, do you know why? It's because Snapchat pays really well for content creators. Because because no one was on it. <laughs> so they need to keep you on. I don't know if it was like Bryce Hall or like one of those like younger TikTok creators, but someone asked them like, where's the most revenue coming from for like all your like businesses and channels? And he was like, Snapchat, like without a doubt, Snapchat. And I was like, what? Should girls mm. that invest be on Snapchat? I will say TikTok pays poorly. Like the TikTok creator fund out of everything is pretty low. And some people think that, oh my gosh, like they must be getting paid so much. No, that's from sponsorships, babes, not from TikTok themselves. Also, if you live in anywhere but North America, you actually like don't get access to it at all. Aww. It's okay. We do it out of the love of our, the goodness of our hearts. Mm. it's good exposure though it's great exposure but anyways thank you i think we had the same thought the exact same time we're like okay well no one cares except us so let's get on to the show now before we begin we want to take a moment to thank our season sponsor for powering this week's episode are you ready to take control of your financial future and you don't know where to begin meet perla the aussie investing platform that makes it easy for anyone to invest in the stock market and build a sensible diversified portfolio with perla you can start investing with as little as five dollars Pillar's unique community-driven experience guides you through the process of selecting your investment goals, creating a portfolio tailored to your needs, and tracking your progress over time. One of the things that we love most about Perla is their commitment to financial education. Perla commits to empowering investors through tools like template portfolios with access to easier investing and supportive community connections. Perla also offers great insight and data that help pave the way for equitable investing. 
Their research finds women are investing more of their income than men and more women invest on their platform than men. Perla also walks the walk with open pay transparency to help facilitate open conversations about wage, roles and opportunities within the financial industry. If you're feeling overwhelmed by all the options, Perla's platform is intuitive and easy to use with powerful tools that give you control over your investments. You can track your portfolio's performance, set up automatic investments and even invite friends and family to invest alongside you. Don't wait to start building your financial future. Check out Perla.com today and start investing in your goals. This week we are talking about something that is very dear to our heart, the dark side of the feminine versus masculine energy content that is on the rise. And very quickly, I'll explain what it is, but Sonia will give you more of a deep dive When we talk about the masculine versus feminine energy, it was a trend that really started ramping up in 2020, but even more so in 2021, 2022, and now in 2023, I get so much of this content on my feed. The best way to describe it is like it is almost, in my humble opinion, the equivalent of like Andrew Tate content, but for women. And so if you don't Mm -hmm. know who Andrew Tate is, I, you're so blessed, but he is a very like aggressively toxic masculine figure. He's like the Gary V of toxic men and he's just everywhere. He makes a lot of content around what men should do or how they should be. They should be providers. They should do this and that. Like, But then he gets a little bit too controversial. He'll say things like, don't date women that travel a lot because it means they're more promiscuous. Like, it's just so weird. And the way he does it is like, he'll say one or two things that are like, oh yeah, that, that's a fair point actually. Like, yes, we all should be working hard. And then he'll say something really misogynistic and it's such a slippery slope. And the way that this feminine energy, masculine energy content that is by women geared towards women works is in the exact same plane where it's like some, you know, one or two really good points and then just something extremely misogynistic, extremely dangerous it started to affect me, Sonia. Like I started to think this way and I was like, I need to pull myself out. Like stop it, Simran. Equality exists. You're not the only one. It honestly started affecting me too. I think with Andrew Tate, you know, him being the poster boy of this line of thinking, the scariest thing about him is how many people follow him now and his way of thinking. And they're like little fanboys trying to impress him. And then they also put out similar content. I think the scary thing about this type of content or like this feminine energy, this masculine energy content is that there's not one person that you can pinpoint that is like the face of it. It's just like this influx of all these random people being like, this is how you tap into your feminine energy today. Where did you come from? You know? Is insane. And and so today we wanted to talk about what it is, how it's affecting our relationship with money slash independence and the relation that it has to old school values, traditional cultural expectations, you know, soft life, this hard life. And I'm just really excited because the thing is, I felt like it was only me that felt this way. I spent like, I, I feel like the last six months just being like, I'm struggling with this. And when Sonia brought up like, hey, we should talk about this. I was like, oh my God, you too? Like, 
I thought it was just my TikTok for you page that was making me question myself. So <laughs> I'm very excited. For, but for those that don't quite understand the concept, maybe I didn't do it as much justice at, in the intro. Can you just give us a solid breakdown of what's going on? I'm here. Okay. So feminine and masculine energies or variations of it, it actually exists in a lot of different cultures and religions, and it goes back quite far in time. I will preface this by saying I don't think all of the content is bad because there's so many different types of content that people push. We're going to be focusing on the money side and the money advice that they give out that they think women should be doing, that they think men should be doing, and offer a little bit of a different perspective. I want to first start out by defining feminine energy and masculine energy. So feminine energy is all of the nurturing traits it takes to connect human beings in a meaning and fulfilling way. It's compassionate, it's kind, it's empathetic, it's patient and emotional. It's about embracing your intuition and creativity. Your masculine energy is about doing and being action-oriented. Masculine energy is stable and more predictable. The strengths are will, clarity, and focus. The masculine energy likes to create structures and rules so it knows how to apply logic properly. So already you're seeing... Mm. A little bit of gender norms creeping through there, but I do want to say there are some responsible creators who talk about masculine and feminine energy in a way that we all have both of those energies within us. You're not just one, you're not, and just because you identify a little bit more with the feminine energy does not mean that you hold no masculine energy traits. It's the people that push, this is what you need to do. Because you can't be any of these traits. You just have to. They're almost like putting you in a box, if that makes sense. And the main reason that I did want to chat about this is because, as I said, I feel like it pushes a conservative traditional agenda. And to me, if I can be a little bit dramatic, I think most of the content is just rebranded gender norms being pushed to us, which is why we get questions. And I want to talk about two specific examples, okay? Because we could talk about this all day. I could go into so many different strains of this content. But one is this, and this is what triggered this entire conversation. I was on TikTok. That's how it starts. (laughs) This is where it starts to go downhill. I was on TikTok sometime last year and... I was dating at the time. And so like, I feel like that's why a lot of dating content was on my For You page. But a dating advice video pops up and it's titled, Three Things That You're Doing That Is Killing Your Feminine Energy. And the entire video was about payment of a date. So one of the things was, if you pay for a date or if you go 50-50, it was a major bummer to your feminine energy. And this is you leaning into your masculine energy and we shouldn't be doing that. Can we just talk about that for a second? I, that's exactly why I brought it up. This is the first thing I wanted to say. And I feel like it influences a lot of people to think that if they go 50-50 on a first date, that they've just started a hell of a relationship. 
What are your thoughts? I would get the same content and it would actually really start to bother me because so much of it was like, if you're splitting 50-50 with a man, like, congrats on your roommate. Or like, if you're like... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's, that's kind of funny. It's like... It would really emphasize like that's embarrassing. Or I, th- I, th- I think the most dramatic one I saw was if you're splitting 50-50 with a man, thank you for your service for like dating him so that we don't have to. So we don't have to. And it's stitches of women crying or like fake crying and being like, you're welcome, sis. <laughs> and it just would really get to me because I'm like, what is so wrong with wanting to be equals? But it's okay. You know what? We could talk about this forever. I hate. See, we're so overwhelmed. We have so much to say. I hate this for so many reasons, but most importantly, when you go or like when people in general go on dates, it's the whole idea of, oh no, someone pays for me. I feel obliged or I feel like I'm taking advantage of them or I don't want to feel like I have to, I don't know, owe them a second date. It's harder to say no, in my opinion, based off like what I've heard with other friends. And therefore, that's why they split things 50-50. There's no obligation to do anything more because I've paid for my meal. Like, I've paid for my drink. I don't need to be here. And if I say no, I don't feel bad about it. But now you're almost submitting yourself to an awkward position if it doesn't go well. That's why women split things 50-50 on first dates. Like, it's nothing more than that. It's your safety. Mm. I also, when you are like dating or you're dating in a new city, it's actually quite overwhelming to get content like that because – it's like no matter what you do, I feel like I'm making the wrong move. And then you can, if you're just not feeling the person or there's lack of chemistry or it's purely platonic, people like to blame these little things. It's because you went 50-50 or it's because they paid for like the first day. And I'm like, does it matter too much? Right? Like, is it that deep if we're getting to know someone? I don't think it's that deep. Okay. With that being said, would you pay? 50-50 on her first date. When I go 50-50, absolutely. I have felt very uncomfortable, even like in friendships where someone has paid for my meal. Like I, the other week I had a work meeting slash like get to know someone for a partnership and they paid and it wasn't like they paid, it was a company that paid, but I still felt bad. I was like, oh damn it. Like I kind of feel like I owe you this because I wasn't expecting you to pay. I bought like extra food or like nicer food so if I if that's how I feel in like a professional relationship or like friendships imagine how you'd feel with like a potential partner of course Mm. you are a little bit more traditional though like I feel like you like (laughs) it when people pay so how does this relate to you so I just want to say if it's my friends or if it's my family I'm shouting yeah especially if it's like with if you're visiting me or whatever, like I'm getting the bill every damn time. I'm willing to fight you for F plus machine. She has. Why have you? Mm, I have bruises. And I have. When it comes to men, I think in my recent experiences, I've not really had to have any conversations. They just pick up the bill, which is great. I feel like if you ask someone on a date, if you're asking, it might be good manners to pay. But I know that's gray areas and I know a lot of people have different opinions. The second thing that I want to talk about 
is recently beautiful Gabrielle Union may had an interview and she made a comment that she was doing 50-50. Like she didn't feel comfortable calling herself head of the household because she does 50-50 with Dwayne Wade, whose net worth is like 200 plus million dollars. Who are these people? Gabrielle Union is an actress. Okay. And Dwayne Wade is a basketball player. Ah. They're huge in North America and I love her. She's been through some really hard things and she's persevered. Her relationship or like their relationship has been scrutinized a lot based on like infidelity. They also have a child that they've openly encouraged and openly loved and supported through their journey with being transgender and so that gets a lot of scrutiny and Dwayne Wade has been like I've moved out of Florida so my child can live safely wow but anyway so this interview she was saying that she feels uncomfortable with being labeled head of household because she does 50 50 with Dwayne Wade both of them are millionaires okay I just want to make that very clear the comments and the discourse about this interview and just that clip has been about, oh my gosh, this is what happens when you tap into your masculine energy, queens. And like, they've been really like hurtful. And I don't know, I just feel like if something works for them and it works for their relationship and what she wants to contribute to, like there's, why are we in their business so much? You know, she was just describing this is how she lives her life. This is what she's worried about. Because I think another comment that she made, even though they're they're quite wealthy, you know, they they live in an affluent suburb and they have good friends. He's Dwayne Wade, and she's Gabrielle Union. But she was talking about her fear of this money running out as well, and a lot mm-hmm. of people weren't having it because they were millionaires as well. What are your thoughts on that? It's just so weird. I hate that this has become a label, like masculine and feminine energy. And now it's like, oh, you're in your masculine for going 50-50 with your partner. Like, why is it seen as a bad thing? I think my issue with it, my main issue with it is it's used as a negative. It's like, oh, as a woman, you have control over your finances or you have like, you can stand on your own two feet. That's really masculine. And it comes across as if it shouldn't be happening and that good woman. And then this is where my real problem is. It's like good women don't do this. Good women or good wives stay in their feminine. They let their partners take the lead. They let their partners choose or drive the relationship and you shouldn't do that. It's almost like, oh no, you're a loud woman. Stop it. Go back into being your feminine. Mm. I don't like that. I don't like it either. Also, I know we're talking about money and we're going to have a really good discussion about how this trend or like this content is impacting our money and our independence. But it's when I say it's to push certain conservative propaganda, I mean it because it's if you are leaving the house to go to a nine to five, that's being in your masculine energy. If you are not making him food or not making dinner or cleaning the house, or if he's doing that, if like a man is doing that, that's being in his feminine energy and that scene is bad. It goes to a lot of different areas of our lives. And that's what I mean when I say it's just rebranded gender norms. That's come out of nowhere it seems because I'm like I thought we got through this I really thought we got through this and I think as South Asian women we have more of like a 
very stressed out response to this because we have seen <laughs> both this our blood play pressure out. is it, like <laughs> through the roof. Honestly, if I look at my heart rate right now, it is at 81 beats per minute. This is absolutely stressful. As South Asian women, we have seen the masculine and feminine energy play out with our relatives, with our uncle and aunties, with our grandparents, and it is trapping. It is not beautiful to watch women give up their power but more importantly less about like the roles at home it is the financial implications and that's what I want to talk about this whole idea of going back into diving into your divine feminine energy has levels of language like women are the receiver and the masculine is the giver like boys are more stronger and aggressive whereas women are more nurturing and giving and polite and the issue is that money is starting to be seen as a masculine trait. And that is where I have a problem with it. If women start talking about money, it's now crude. It's impolite. Men should be the ones in this like ecosystem of they're the ones that work. And I see like podcasts of men where they say it as if it's a bad thing. Like, oh, your woman works. Your woman has to go through a job. Like you don't make enough money so that she can stay at home and take care of your kids. Like you're not enough of a man. And so it's horrible on both sides. Like men should not have to feel that pressure. But women should not be made to feel wrong for having a job. Like this is 2023. Why am I saying this? We should not have to feel guilty for saying, hey, I want to have a career. I'm a badass in my job. Like I call shots. I do have masculine energy. And there's nothing wrong with that. The issue, however, is, you know, those TikToks where it will be like, hey, I love being with my partner because my brain can just switch off when I'm around him or when I'm with my partner, like he plans where we're going. He takes care of X, Y, Z. And it's cute, you know, like, oh, you let him drive. You can sit and be passenger princess. But it's such a slippery slope because then it's, oh, you don't have to worry about the roof being fixed because he's called in a builder. Where does that line get drawn? Because then it's, oh, he just has to worry about the finances of the house. Or like he pays the builder. You don't even know how much it costs to fix the house. Suddenly you almost aren't being told like where your insurance is. Or like, do you know how much you're paying for like these bills or this childcare? Or there are women that I have met that just hand their checks to their partners and their husbands just take care of all the finances and they have no idea where that's going. And that's submitting to your feminine technically, but that is financial abuse. Like you actually have such a slippery slope of like, oh, I'm just passenger princess. He's just taking control. I don't have to worry about it too. He's doing that with our money. And then we're just going backwards. Mm, it definitely feels like that. And I just want to say a note because when there are women in the comments who have been through situations like that that they end up getting divorced and they have to start from square one they don't know where they are they've lost money they're just so confused and overwhelmed already going through an emotional process they're labeled as fearmongers or like you're just trying to take my vibe down or you're just trying to like push masculine energy onto like women no they're doing that and they're saying that and they're sharing their story to protect you they don't want that to happen to younger women or people that they see online because they can see all the telltale signs of a financially abusive relationship financially abusive content they're actually 
so brave for coming forward and saying, this is what happened to me. This is how you protect yourself. And the fact that we're already labeling them as XYZ, it's something that probably they've done wrong, is a huge problem. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it, from local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple, increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win, win, win. To learn more about how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. I think when you talk about slippery slope, where's the line? Like there's men who will make videos like me pretending that I don't know how to like take the rubbish out right me pretending that I don't know how to do the dishes so my wife just doesn't ask anymore she like does it that's weaponized incompetence you know like why would you want a partner like that I digress actually no that was so relevant that was not me digressing at all this is maybe more of a hot take or maybe a bit more controversial but the way I see like the divine divine feminine energy coming back as like a new trend is the exact same way that I kind of viewed what happened with the anti-vax movement. When you grow up, there was like the generation of our grandparents or great grandparents that saw polio, that saw measles, that saw the negative effects of these things. And they were like, well, I don't want to die. So I'm going to take this vaccine. And I have real life examples of like, uh, grandparents were like, well, you know, I have a cousin that like lost a leg to polio or I've, I've had this or that happen. Like I see the implications of it and I want to be vaccinated because it's safe. And then you have the generation of our parents that were vaccinated and therefore didn't actually see the negative impacts of what happens without vaccines. And then you have our generation or the generations after that, that are so far removed from the negative implications of vaccines that it almost seems redundant. Like why do vaccines matter? Why are they pushing it? Like, I don't know anyone that's had a negative implication. It's very much like, well, in my life, it's not been a problem. Therefore, why do we have to do it? I see the exact same thing happening with this like masculine feminine energy because Sonia and I, and a lot of people of certain backgrounds have grown up only being one generation removed from strong gender norms. Like we've seen the bad side of it. We've seen the negative implications. It's made us be more financially independent. We've seen like the realistic reality of it. And I truly think we're living in a world where there's been great progress for a lot of families and the way that gender is split. And so people haven't necessarily had to grow up and see what happens when you actually have a partner that takes care of all the finances and tells you what to do and you're financially stuck. Like if you knew 
one woman in your life who was in a horrible marriage, but she couldn't leave because she gave up her work and she didn't have an emergency fund and she left all the finances to her partner, I promise you, you would not be submitting to your divine feminine energy. You would say, listen, I'm going to have a job or if I'm not going to work, I'm going to have something on the side or I'm going to go back to school or there's going to be some money in a secret bank account because I've seen what happens when women don't have taxi money and God forbid that will never be me. Mm. I just hate how those things are labeled a particular energy and that's seen as bad. There's a lot of traits that exist within you that you can, I guess, point to feminine and masculine. You're both and that's okay. You having a job is not masculine energy. It's just you having a job. In 2023, North America about to spiral into a recession probs. Like really? You're just normal. <laughs> that doesn't have nothing to do with your masculine or feminine energy it also like is set out to make you feel bad like I remember when I would see a lot of this content around being masculine I was like oh like I guess I am a a very masculine woman like I'm very headstrong I move with like intention I know exactly what I want like I would describe my personality in business as like being a bit of a bulldozer which is like if I need to do something I have tunnel vision I get it done like I don't bring excuses into my work for myself And that's very like rah, 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 like big man strong. Like I don't know why that's seen as a bad thing. Why should I be made to feel like there's something wrong with me or I'm going against the natural grain of being a woman by being good at what I do? Mm. It's the same lines of the people that harp on about soft life versus a hard life. Like a hard life is like you're, you own a business, you have a career, you have all these things where a soft life is like you're frolicking on a field somewhere. But no one fails to mention that that field is their father's land and they're frolicking on inherited wealth. Do you think everyone wants to participate in hustle culture, Jessica? No. That's not a specific person. That's just an analogy that I met a random person. Is it just in Sonia's life right now being like, wow? There isn't. Wow. (laughs) There isn't. The reason I'm so glad that we are discussing this and offering this perspective and talking about it is because if you are a young woman in your early career and you are sitting there and this is what you've been bombarded with and it's making you rethink all of your choices, you're going to be okay. (laughs) Just because someone on TikTok is saying that you're leaning into your masculine energy for wanting a raise, don't listen to them, point blank, period. (laughs) I completely agree. And you have to look at it in such a black and white way and like step out of it and go, we are starting to see a culture where we are putting women down for asking for raises, for being driven in their careers. We are putting women down for asking for financial equal partners we're putting women down for saying I can take care of me financially and this is my truest like deepest darkest secret that I will be sharing right now people that encourage gender norms and encourage masculine and feminine energy do so because it's a bloody easy and convenient way to control women like if you are the man and the provider all you have to do is have a job and suddenly you have someone that can cook clean take care of you take care of your family As soon as a woman says, hey, I make my own money and I don't need your financial input. I need an emotionally intelligent partner. I need someone that is there for me for other reasons. I need someone that like provides me intellectual stimulation. 
that's going to scare people that don't have that. They're just relying on the fact that you can be soft and they can have a job and that's not very impressive. Also, for you yourself, when you start being like, okay, I'm not this straight, I'm this straight, and I'm not this straight, I'm this straight, you're all of them. And then as you grow, you strengthen some traits like compassion, empathy, and you work on others. I think for me and my experience, when I try label things as like, this is masculine, this is feminine, or this is bad, it's a bad emotion, this is a good emotion, it doesn't do anything for me. You are all of those things. You're human and that's okay. And when you try to separate out these things about yourself, it doesn't work. You can't do it. So stop fighting it. Stop fighting it. Stop fighting it. And we just hate to live in a world where so much progress towards feminism and equality and equal opportunities starts to digress because we're like scared or we think something's wrong with us or we think that there's some biological way that we should be and that we're, you know, straying away from it because we want jobs, we want to invest, we want to have independence, we want to be able to say, I don't like that and I have the money to like jump ship so like step up or I'm out like that's not a bad thing for anyone everyone should have that opportunity if you could have one message that you want to give people that are worried that they're in their masculine too much what would it be first of all it's not a bad thing second of all both of those energies exist within everyone and there's no need to submit to one. I hate that. Well, that's probably a good place to wrap up this episode. I hope you've been able to take something away. It has been more of a cultural question or discourse rather than a educational series on like the next NFT that you should be looking at. But I think it's really important because without understanding like the nuances of why we act a certain way or why things are shifting a certain way, we can't have financial independence. And so we spoke about what the feminine versus masculine energy debacle is about. We spoke about an, a real life example with Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade and how they've almost been like villainized for splitting things 50-50. And the impact that this has on our money and the slippery slope, just take that into account if you are someone that goes, you know what, I do want to be a part of this lifestyle or this is something for me have some boundaries write down the things that are and aren't okay when it comes to gender norms in your life and make sure you constantly remind yourself of those or like bring them up because slippery slopes are hard to realize or recognize when you're in them but when you're able to just have them written down and refer back to them it makes such a difference so i will see you next week sonia see you next week bye bye and as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time team, bye.